Hello, hello, hello guys. I can't believe it. We're at the end of the year 2015. This is the final episode for the year and I thought it'd be nice to talk about more or less, more or less backtracking on some predictions I started the year off with. So back in January, I made some bold predictions about the outlook in, of e-commerce in 2015, about 11 predictions. And I thought, you know, before we run up the year, why, why don't I just, you know, tell you how, if at all, any of the predictions actually, you know, came to fruition. Well, um, out of the 11, um, I'd say about six or seven came to fruition. So not too bad, seven out of 11. Um, and on this episode, I just want to take you through each of the 11, you know, um, predictions. So I'll start out with the very first one, which was, channel agnostic customers require omni-channel marketing. Basically, if you're aware of omni-channel marketing, it's that for, it's, it applies more to very, to, to more established bricks and mortar um, retailers that have mobile and um, an online presence or even multi, um, you know, channel presence. And the core philosophy of omni-channel marketing in general is the customer does not care about the channels they care about their experience the customer experience which should be as unified as possible and they buy to your brand and customer experience so if you're maces for instance um the experience you deliver in store should be seamless to the experience you deliver on your mobile or um or on um, a desktop. So, so that's pretty much the ethos and, and the philosophy. And what I said earlier in the year was the identity of the channel doesn't matter to all, to an increasing number of customers or consumers, but the identity of the brand, that and the overall customer experience will define success for a growing number of retailers in 2015. Now, um, Backtracking on retailers that fared well in 2015, we look at House of Fraser, we look at Argos in the UK, we look at Macy's in the US, who have been pretty much at the cutting edge of um, driving an omnichannel channel experience. Um, and they're trying to be more channel agnostic from an omnichannel channel standpoint, only channel marketing standpoint, and even logistics standpoint. They've, they've fared pretty well. Um, and, and so, um, you know, if you check out their mobile apps, um, if you are a member of their loyalty programs, it's all unified. They offer click and collect. It's a single customer view. They care more about the customers. Every channel basically is focused on, on, um, on their customers. So for this one, with regards to retailers, established retailers that um, have adopted a channel agnostic, you know, um, only channel marketing strategy, a good number over 2015 have. So I hit the mark on that one. Now, the second one, the, my second prediction was big phones mean mobile traffic that converts. Now, um, prior to 2015, the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus were released. It was in 20, um, it was in 2015 actually that the 6S and um, the 6 Plus S were, were released. So Apple heralded the um, introduction of bigger phones, basically. Uh, obviously, Samsung started it, but, um, you know, Apple users were laughing at Samsung users. 
And then Apple joined the party. And my prediction was um, users of phablets behave more like users of tablets, less like traditional smartphone users. So it's a distinction with a very real difference. 2015 over the year, phablets get huge in both senses. I was just looking at um, Black Friday um, results from um, IBM and it's just astounding. So um, 36% um, of all sales from, um, from IBM's clients over Black Friday came from mobile devices. So that is massive. The year before it was 27%, right? I have a graph in, in the show notes for, for this. Um, you look at um, you know data from Adobe, same thing. Over Thanksgiving, 37% of their customers checked out via mobile. That is against 26%, so a huge 11 year on year, you know, 11%. So mobile as we know it or have known it, it's here. And with bigger, um, more powerful phones, um, 2015 was, truly the year of the mobile and it's only going to get better i was having conversations with lots of people over the holidays and a lot of them did all their christmas shopping on their mobiles they said they just you know can't be bothered going on their desktop so that's anecdotal but the the, the data the aggregated and quantitative data from these platforms just show how strong and how powerful mobiles are um, at checkouts um or have been in in 2015 and 2016 is only going to get stronger. It might start to to tail off, or you know the growth might not be as big in 2016, or the growth might actually be bigger, as big in 2016, just due to the fact that you know it, it is gaining critical mass. I, I see it being 50-50 in a way. Anyway, so that's that. Now the third, which was um, my third prediction, was more or less. Um, deeper integration of beacons and eye beacons with mobile. Now, um, this one didn't hit the mark. Um, my prediction was all these technologies are already in place, but in 2015, they'll become more widespread. But they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. iBeacons basically are location, it's just location aware technology you could put in retail premises that will interact with like mobile apps to give you a much more interactive experience. So if I was like on an aisle for, um, say, um, men's, um, I don't know, um, um, toiletries and um, you know the 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 app knew that you know it was Clay Campbell on the app and I was in that aisle and they know I typically buy a particular brand it could just alert on my phone that oh hello can I um, you know go to that particular aisle and um, you know um, and purchase because there's an offer running the more or less you know shopping assistance they really wanted to use beacon technology they still want to use beacon technology in retail spaces to assist shoppers to be to make mobiles more or less shopping assistance to shoppers but the the reality is other than um showrooming which is pretty much using your phones to compare prices with what you see online um what you see at a retail store versus what you have online besides showrooming people were not very enthusiastic throughout 2015 to bring out their phones as shopping assistants in retail spaces so I, I missed this one. I, I went too much for the fad. Um, my outlook for 2016, I, I just think it's not convenient enough um, as a technology. The value proposition isn't there yet, or we, we, we're not quite, the technology is not quite there yet. 
um, perhaps 2017 or 2018, um, you know, IV would be, you know, much more um, useful in retail. They, they, they have a usefulness in warehousing, but you know, I'm not sure if um, they, they have any usefulness in, in retail. Number four was retargeting. This one was quite spot on and, and it, it happened really quick. And I, and I said, I expect Facebook to close the gap by releasing a dynamic remarketing solution specifically for e-tailers with the aid of deep machine learning and big data. So lookalike audiences on Facebook and smart lists on Google will continue to become more accurate in targeting. Brilliant, here's what happened. Well, in 2015, Facebook released, in February 2015 actually, so a month after Facebook released Facebook dynamic product adverts, um, marketers are now able to upload their product catalogs and create you know, campaigns targeting certain products for two specific audiences or let you know, Facebook automatically deliver the most relevant products to people. So products can be shown in single or multiple um, uh, multi-product ad units. So, so basically, Google, uh, Facebook did this and you know, did this one month after I said this. I was quite proud of myself, so I hit the mark on this one. Now, holistic cross-device tracking. Well, my prediction was like, if you will, it will make a lot of sense if Facebook releases its version of Google Analytics as it arguably rivals Google's active user database from you know Gmail and Google services and Android sign-ups. Sign so you know Google's data on people is from email, from Gmail, um, from um, the Gmail, from the Google services you use, um, be it you know Google Checkout, um, you know Google Maps, all those things linked to your um, to, to, to your Google accounts and Android signups. So what I said was like, you know, Facebook already has pixels on, on, um, on websites, right? So, so why not just, I wish it pretty much JavaScript. They're collecting huge amounts of data from websites anyway. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, Google went secure, right? Google went secure because um, obviously they, there are many things going on when Google went secure. And um, one was on um, the NSA, and the other really was, um, you know, Facebook had pixels on the website. So Facebook is seeing the same amount of data, you know, Google had privy to. So with that in mind, I, I you know, I my, my prediction was kind of like, um, well, Facebook will create an analytics platform. Well, they didn't. However, they upgraded or revamped their Facebook Insights dashboard um, earlier in the year. And... I'm still quite bullish that um, they may sort of make more public the data they gather from websites. If, even if they don't, um, they have a lot of data. So they, they not only know you, they know um, what you talk about, they're aware of what you talk about, your interests from um, from the kind of stuff you share and um, the pages you like. And they also have data on the websites you visit due to the fact that webmaster masters install the Facebook pixels, you know, on, on their sites, most webs, most savvy, you know, um, web, web webmasters will. So with all that in mind, um, in the future, I, I'm still quite bullish that Facebook will release an analytics platform, but I, I hit them the, the, the mark. I, I missed this in, in 2015. They didn't. <clears throat> now, um, number six was email marketing is here to stay on smaller screens. And my prediction was email might have to adapt slightly, but there's no doubt, it's no doubt going to remain a big hitter for marketers in 2015. Um, here's what happened, you know, although 2015, you know, e-commerce 
well, e-commerce, email marketing for e-commerce evolved in 2015, right? Um, no one in their right mind is sending out broadcast emails to their databases. Everybody's getting clever, right? And most people who are sending, sending like um, broadcast emails to their database, to their email databases in 2014, would have moved to some behavioral, you know, re-engagement platform like remarketing, you know, something that um, understands what users are, you know, um, are doing on your website and mm-hmm. based on certain actions, um, it, tr- it, it triggers certain messages to them. You know, some people are, so, so that's the clever way of doing it. The cleverer way of doing things now is more, a unified, you know, customer lifecycle email marketing, which is, which looks at a customer, which segments customers first, um, and not only segments, it makes, makes you understand who your hero customers are, who, you know, your, 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 your slow customers are, who, your, your chunky, healthy middle, you know, customers, and it would send emails on a segmented basis. So based on the fact that, you know, someone comes to your website 10 times, or buy his purchases from you 10 times a year or 10 times a quarter, you'd know how to trigger offers to them to get them to even shop more or buy more per visit, right? By giving them maybe coupons and, you know, or vouchers, you know, while they're shopping. So email marketing has gotten more intelligent in 2015. And um, the two steps really to email marketing now are, um, triggered emails one on one part, and the second part really is um is, is more um you know, personalized emails looking at customers um uh, from from segments. Now um going forward, it might even go to to sub segments where it actually really really knows that particular customer, and um through. Um, artificial intelligence, it, it just starts to have really clever conversations with, with customers. So if you look at data, um, again, from um, Black Friday, Costura, um, I believe they're, they're, a, they're an e-commerce marketing platform. They Their data shows that 25% of all orders over Black Friday in 2015 came from email, making it the, the most sales the, the the best performing channel because really it's a last mile in in many cases of your entire marketing funnel per customer so i hit mac on that one <laughs> all right so number seven uh, my my seven prediction was more marketplaces i said um pretty much um there'll be more marketplaces alibaba jet.com you know rakuten the japanese um marketplace where it's starting to take form at the end of 2014 i said with more marketplaces comes more opportunity for traders to sell through multiple channels without or in addition to a dedicated website or microsite and that's likely to be another major 2015 trend well here's what happened well earlier on in march rakuten in the uk closed down play they acquired play.com they closed it down and they started to trade as rakuten as a Formidable channel in you know multi-channel marketplace um, um, retail online retail in the UK. Jet.com dropped his membership fee um, fees by um, fees in October. Alibaba broke its sales record by selling over eight billion dollars worth of products in in in, in ten hours in a single day. 
there's been a lot of activity in the marketplaces. However, I didn't pick on Amazon's impressive run in 2015. I mean, the fact that 44% of US online shoppers now begin their e-commerce product search on Amazon just kills it for me. And if you're a retailer and you're not on Amazon, you need to rethink your strategy going forward. So um, I didn't pick on that. So I'll give myself a half mark here, right? Okay, so number eight was direct-to-consumer e-commerce. And my prediction was at the moment, the major beneficiaries of this have been people interested in getting high-quality luxury or personal goods like sunglasses without paying inflated designer prices. But this business model is likely to spread sometime in tandem with the expanding market share of online marketplaces in 2015. And here's what happened. Direct-to-consumer startups, you know, e-commerce startups, continue to attract investment in 2015, both from angels and VCs and through crowd crowdfunding platforms such as Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Even established brands like Disney, Under Armour, and Unilever saw some success through their direct to, to consumer channels. So it, it's it, this one hit the mark and it's still something, you know, that that it is still um, a trend that if you know you haven't yet picked up on as a manufacturer or if you own your brand, you need to tap into this. So 2015 still saw a healthy direct-to-consumer commerce, you know, on, on the internet. Um, my number nine prediction was um, Indian e-commerce is big, China is even bigger. And my prediction specifically was finally though, in both countries, the internet is barely 50% of population. What will the e-commerce economy look like in China with the purpose-built delivery infrastructure and smartphones Users run near the USA 60%. Well, 2015 might be the year we start to find out. So it was kind of like, you know, I was quite, I was bullish on both China and, um, and India. So China, um, well, let's start out with, with India. Um, the, the data in India was, is a bit fluffy and I think it's sugar coated in a way. Um, it's, it's no doubt dynamic, but there are no kind of concrete figures on, on India. Um, I came across one, which was um, one from PrizewaterCoopers, which said, you know, they're expecting a compounded annual growth rate, compounded, you know, if it's a compounded annual growth rate of 35% um, to cross the billion dollar mark over the next five years, you know, because they're currently about 17 billion, right? Um, 17 billion worth of, $17 billion worth of, um, of retail sales is coming through India at the moment. Um, it's big, it's huge, and um, it's, it's, there's so much venture capital pouring in. Um, there's a BBC, um, there's a BBC um, radio show on, um, or documentary on um, e-commerce in India. It's quite dynamic. Um, things like cash and delivery are going on in India. It is quite interesting. It's an interesting space to be. Um, there's the penetration is, is going from the upper classes to the middle class at the moment. Um, so you can imagine when it goes mainstream to 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 to, to and becomes accessible to, to a lot of more people. Um, the dynamic things like in villages, um, there's a so-called online shopper who would shop for villages on their behalf, where you know things don't happen in India. So there's a lot lot going on in India at the moment. And, and but China is phenomenal. Um, the the uh, the the singles day 
on Amazon, on Alibaba was just massive, as I alluded to earlier on. Um, it's it's a trillion you know dollar um 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 a market, and um, it's set to overtake USA in a few years. So there's a lot of activity in both India and China. So I hit the map on this one. Um, number ten was would wearables be the link between e-commerce and the physical world? And my prediction was for e-commerce, this means greater access to consumers, but all the but also the capacity um, to interact online with customers with who are physical and or near to a store. As wearables take off in twenty fifteen, we can expect to see their capacity to deliver unprecedented consumer access capitalized on on by e-commerce marketers. Now. Um, what twenty fifteen? There were lots of Android wearable devices that were released, and the, the Apple Watch. There was no real direct impact on commerce as yet. Um, not enough people um, are um, are are um, using wearables. It's it's just not hit critical mass. It's still um, at the somewhat early adopter stage. Um, people went on a frenzy with um, Apple Watch. Apple haven't really released. Um, the sales figures for Apple Watch. Um, I don't own an Apple Watch, um, but um, I, I think I own a Jawbone, which is quite interesting. Um, what I'm trying to get to here is there was not much activity um, in in uh, for wearables and um, in regards to commerce in in 2015. So I missed. I I, I didn't hit uh, I didn't hit the mark on this one. This was a miss. Finally, um, my, my last um, prediction was cryptocurrency, Bitcoin to be specific. And um, my specific prediction was the caveat is that the currency is volatile at the moment, but settling down as its adoption rate grows and major retailers have begun accepting it. It's likely to play an increasing role in e-commerce in 2015. And the tipping point will come when a player like Amazon decides to accept it. Now, here's what happened. Although Bitcoin suffered a low valuation all through 2015, bar um, the Christmas season where it started to shoot up. Um, mainstream Bitcoin adoption persisted with retailers, you know, or was adopted with, so retailers such as Dell, Microsoft, Overstock, Rakuten, eBay, Subway, Victoria's Secret, Zigna, Expedia.com and Etsy are all accepting you know, Bitcoin. Even PayPal has extended support for Bitcoin, right? Um, Amazon and um, Best Buy, for those of you who listen in the United States, are still yet to start accepting Bitcoin. So this is a kind of where um, there is progress. There was still activity with Bitcoin all through um, 2015. But till these major players, as until Amazon especially, start to accept Bitcoin, I don't really see it being mainstream. Okay, so it's a kind of, we didn't really hit. Missed mark more more retailers got on board, but um you know not 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 everybody you know not, not Amazon is still not accepting it. So my score based on that on the kind of which I done <laughs> give myself a half and um my spot ons are an eight out of eleven, which is like seventy two percent of my predictions of the lights in in twenty fifteen. So it's not too shabby. Um, but what I'll be doing in um in an episode or two from from today's episode is I would uh, make some other lofty predictions for twenty sixteen, and I expect to, <laughs> and then you can hold me on that one. Um, 
But um, yeah, um, I'd like to say a happy new year. If you've listened to it to, to this um, stage to you, um, my listeners, thank you for sticking with me through this um, 2X e-commerce journey. And 2016 on 2X e-commerce podcast is going to be exciting. I'm going to be interviewing some Instagram marketing experts. Um, I'm going to be interviewing a billion dollar VC, right? Who's invested in e-commerce and what they look at for e-commerce, which is very exciting. I'm going to be I'm talking to CRO experts and um, the direct-to-consumer e-commerce entrepreneur, how she raised capital and how she's growing a business. So uh, a lot in the pipeline, you know, for um, 26, and there's a, there's a lot. And um, yeah, I thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting it. Try and leave me um, some feedback on iTunes. Um, it, it helps enormously subscribe, you know, in any channel possible. And until the next show, guys, thank you for listening. And yeah, do take care. Bye-bye.